Welcome to this week's edition of Good Books Radio. Audiobooks.com is the chief underwriter for Good Books Radio, which is produced by UTRGV Media Services for Rio Grande Valley Public Radio. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Cook. Welcome once again to another edition of Good Books Radio. I'm your host this week, Dr. John Cook. And with me today is J. Randy Taraborelli. Uh, I hope I didn't miss that up too bad. He's, <laughs> he's the author of nearly 20 biographies, most of which have become New York Times bestsellers, including Call Her Miss Ross, Sinatra Behind the Legend, Madonna, An Intimate Biography, Jackie, Ethel, and Joan, Women of Camelot, Elizabeth, a biography of Elizabeth Taylor, The Secret Life of Marilyn Monroe, and After Camelot, a personal history of the Kennedy family. Seems to be a fascination with the Kennedy family. Randy, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. This book is called Jackie, Janet, and Lee, and I had to read it because I've always been fascinated by the Kennedy dynasty. And this is the story of the Bouvier sisters and their mother, who was uh, fairly influential in their lives, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that, John, very, very influential. Uh, for me, you know, as a Kennedy historian, to be able to take a look at uh, Jackie's life story through this particular lens is uh, a, a really new experience, and um, uh, I, I think also a good experience for my readers as well, because this is this is a story that's never been told before. We've only told Jackie's story, um, you know, by looking at her through the Kennedy family, mm-hmm. and this. What I wanted to sort of impart to my readers is that she she was a, a fully formed. Uh, incredible, fascinating woman long before she met Senator Kennedy, you know, in the mid-1950s. Mm-hmm. And she got that way because of her mom and her sister and her stepfather, Hugh Auchincloss, and her her uh, half-brother, Jamie, and her half-sister, Janet. And these are people, especially the half-brother and sister, that I think that the public really doesn't know anything about. And so for me to be able to tell a story relating to Jackie that is not known is kind of a golden opportunity as a biographer. Mm-hmm. Let's start with mom's heritage, because that's somewhat suspect. So Janet Lee Bouvier-Alkenclos. Uh, <laughs> if we start with the name Lee, uh, what, what roots do we have of that? Some people said she claimed to be descended from Robert E. Lee, but that's probably not so. <laughs> It's no, it's not so, and it's funny because you know she she wanted it to be so, and, and told people that that was the case, uh, and so much so that there's a funny story in the book where her son Jamie uh, is having a conversation with his half sister half sister Jackie, and he asks Jackie, you know, so is it true that you know that mommy mummy is you know related to Robert E Lee and. Uh, Jackie said, "Of course not." She said, "Why would you, you know, why, why would you, why would you think that?" And he said, "Because that's what she's been saying for my entire life." Mm-hmm. And 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 Jackie said, "Well, you know, I I don't know what to tell you except that you know it's just not the case." And you know, um, Janet was was Irish uh, Episcopalian, um, you know, from New York, um, and it's interesting to me that there was really no. Well, you know, there's really no specific reason to lie about her heritage in the sense that her father, her family, was, you know, very well-off and very productive and very successful. 
mm-hmm. and uh, in real estate in New York. Um, but Janet was a real American patriot. I mean, she just loved patriotism and and all its forms, and she convinced herself and her friends that she, she was related to the Lees, and um, and she just was determined that that be true in her life, but it really wasn't the mm-hmm. case. I mentioned her, her father, so I want to jump ahead, but I'm coming back to Blackjack Bouvier, but, but Grampy Lee didn't leave uh, Janet's daughters any uh, uh, inheritance. Well, how is that? <laughs> well, if, you know, it's interesting that uh, Jackie and Lee both lived lives uh, that made outsiders believe that they were wealthy. And they were raised with wealth, but it wasn't their own. And when Janet, their mom, married her second husband, Hugh Auchincloss, he made it really clear that his money was going to go to his natural-born children, not to Jackie and to Lee. And so, you know, the family mandate then became money and power as sort of the measurement of whether or not these girls should be with a man. But there was always sort of this hope that Janet's father, James T. Lee, would leave Jackie and Lee some money. And when he didn't, there was a lot of confusion as to why. And most people, including Janet, felt it was because Jackie and Lee just did not work very hard to have a close relationship with him. And Janet wasn't really surprised that her dad didn't leave them any money because they really had not forged a relationship that would have, you know, made it more feasible. Mm-hmm. But because of that, um, they both then had to really go about the business of setting up their lives. Because if they wanted to continue to leave the entitled lives that they led as teenagers at Hammersmith Farm, where they were raised, they were going to have to do something. And then, of course, Jackie, very soon after, within a year after her grandfather died, leaving her with no money, uh, married Aristotle Onassis and never had to worry about money again. Yeah, I want to get to the, the whys and wherefores behind that, but let's uh, let's go back to the philanderer who was who sired these two young ladies, uh, uh, Black Jack Bouvier. Uh, that he he was the sire, but beyond that, he wasn't in their lives that much. Well, you know, they they loved their dad, uh, and you know, they spent a lot of time with him when they were young. Um, and then he died in the mid-50s, you know, uh, and left a real sort of hole in both Jackie and Lee's heart. Um, and many people felt that they continued to try to find uh, men like him. And certainly they both agreed uh, that Aristotle and Assis was a lot like their dad. Mm. And that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, because their father was chronically uh, unfaithful to their mom and made Janet's life very, very difficult. Um, but, but the two of them had a passionate connection that kept them tied to each other far longer than they probably should have been. But it's interesting, as I note in the book, that Jackie and Lee both married men who were then chronically unfaithful to them as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, pretty much repeating the, you know, the mom's you know, bad mistakes in their own marriages. Mm-hmm. Now, once uh, Janet married uh, uh, Hugh Alkenclaus, the the rich Standard Oil heir, um, they did all right uh, in terms of uh, their lifestyle. 
Um, but that money and power mantra that you mentioned, that was part of uh, Janet and Jackie and Lee had these mother daughter tea times and money and power seemed to be a primary conversation. They had, of course, being prim and proper in, in society's eyes seemed to be an emphasis as well. Well, you know, it's it's funny because I've been I've been on tour for two for almost six weeks now of working um, this book and talking to people about this, and it's interesting to me that people have different points of view about this sort of money and power adage that Janet passed on to her children. And some people I've talked to have been rather appalled by it and have said, you know, uh, how awful is it that this mother instilled these, you know phony values in, in her daughter in her daughters other people have said well how, how practical was it that their mother did this that their mother wanted them to both uh, marry well that to, to continue to live the lives that they had lived as, as as teenage girls so I mean people are split in terms of whether or not this is a pejorative in Janet Auchincloss's life or, or you know uh, something that should be praised. Mm-hmm. But I think it goes without saying that one thing we do know is that Jackie and Lee did have entitled, privileged lives as young women. And for them to then, you know, marry, you know, plumbers in New Jersey right. <laughs> was, just not, was just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it was not, it just, it just, it, it wasn't going to happen. But I want to also say that when you read the book, you realize that Lee uh, bucked this tradition in her, in in many ways. Mm-hmm. You know, Lee didn't agree necessarily with Jackie and with Janet that money and power was the the foundation of what she was looking for in a relationship. She actually uh, felt that she was very romantic and very idealistic, and she did not marry men who had a lot of money. Um, her first husband, Michael Canfield, had no money. Her second husband, the prince, Prince Radziwill, left her with no money uh, when he died. Uh, and then she went to a photographer named Peter Beard, who also had no money. Um, and, you know, she she was a different kind of Bouvier in, in that respect. And I think that she, in that respect, is so, so interesting because she did go up against the family mandate. Mm-hmm. But if we go back to the prince who left her no money, Stas Radziwill, uh, while she was in this relationship and was a princess, she spent time with Aristotle Onassis before Jackie. Yeah, she did. You know, um she and the prince had an open relationship. I guess that's the best way to describe it. it. It it opened up because he was the first one to have an affair. And then when he had the affair, it sort of changed the parameters of their marriage. And she felt that she was able to do the same, and she did. And she ended up with Aristotle Onassis in 1962, uh, who treated her very well, who was a wonderful man in her life, uh, and who told her, what she needed to hear in order for her to feel that she wasn't in her sister Jackie's shadow. Onassis just felt that Lee was very smart, very uh, productive, very interesting, creative, imaginative, and he thought the world of her, and he gave her the kind of confidence that she had not gotten from her mom, and even from society, because she was really viewed as Jackie's uh, lesser sister, right, and and it was very unfair because she had so much going for her. 
Unfortunately, Onassis was considered a criminal by many people in America because of his shady business dealings. And also, Lee was married. And Janet did not approve of extramarital relationships because of what she'd been through with Lee's father. Neither did Jackie. And Jackie was first lady at the time. So Janet, Lee's mother, made, Jack, made Lee leave Onassis in order to um, prevent this kind of scandal from uh, darkening Jackie's doorstep while she was first lady. And so Lee did do that. Lee left Onassis for her sister. Mm -hmm. And the relationship between Lee and Aristotle was getting rocky anyway because her mom wanted her to reconfirm her marriage by marrying in the Catholic Church to Stas Radziwill. And after that, Aristotle Onassis was a lot colder to her. He, he had been seeing Maria Callas throughout, but he insisted she was the most important until that uh, reaffirmation of their marriage, and then uh, she was no longer the apple of his eye. Well, th wow, thank you very much for reading my book. I mean, <laughs> I mean that, uh, that, I really appreciate that. You know, I got to tell you, because a lot of people just don't have the time mm -hmm. to read, you know, books before interviewing me, and I totally understand that. This is a big book, so thank you very much for taking the time to read it, because from, from that question alone, I can tell you actually read yes, the book. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of like, that, that's really a, what you would call like a deep dive into the story. And uh, it's definitely true. Com complicating things was the fact that Janet wanted Lee to remarry uh, Stash in the Catholic Church. And uh, because um, their original ceremony had been a civil ceremony since uh, both had been married previously. And um, they were able to get Lee's marriage to Michael Canfield annulled because JFK was president and Bobby was attorney general and Jackie was first lady and all three appealed to the Pope. And once, the, once this annulment was granted, everybody had gone through so much trouble to get it that the last thing Janet, Lee's mom, wanted was for Lee to say, okay, never mind, I don't want that anymore, I want to be with Onassis. No, that was not going to happen. Not after Jackie went to Rome and appealed to the Pope and got you an annulment. No, you will marry your, your present husband in the Catholic Church, just as we had all intended. And so that was another very uh, valid reason in Janet's mind for Lee to end her relationship with Onassis, and she did. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that, that we didn't want to besmirch the, the uh, reputation of the First Lady. This first lady was probably the youngest, if not if not the youngest, one of the youngest, in her early 30s uh, in Camelot, uh, coming into her own when she, she kind of remodeled the, the, the White House. But the whole time she was first lady was marred by tragedy. I mean, she had, she had had two stillbirths, and uh, there was so much difficulty in, in her life. Um, and then, of course, came November of 1963. Um, and that changed the world forever. And it changed Jackie forever, mm -hmm. you know, and um, we're talking about the assassination of, of JFK, which was a national tragedy, and uh, obviously America was never the same after that. Um, but, you know, my concern with this book was how did it affect Jackie, and how did it affect her mom and her sister? And it was a it was a terrible, cataclysmic time in Jackie's life, and she suffered from PTSD for many, many years as a result of what happened not only to JFK, but then five years later to Bobby. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it caused her to make decisions 
that she otherwise might not have made, uh, one of which was to marry Aristotle Onassis. Um, many people felt that if she had been in her right mind, she, she might not have done that, that she would have understood how hurtful that would have been to her sister, yeah. and she would have maybe not done that. So I think that you have to, with all the passing of all these years, we're able to now put into context decisions that previously felt very wrong-minded. A lot of people really didn't understand why Jackie ended up with Onassis, and they thought it was just about the money. It was actually a lot more. It had to do with protection, security. She said that if they're after coming after Kennedy's, my children are next. So she was very worried about her kids. Bobby had just been killed. She was still reeling from JFK. You know, she'd lost two children. I mean, look, uh, when you put it all together, suddenly things make a lot more sense. Yes, well, and she tried to get through this period of of PTSD with uh, prescription drugs and and sometimes excessive drinking and... Mm -hmm. Uh, but but the phrase that you quoted in there about we talked about protecting her kids is one of the reasons she went with Aristotle. She, ta- she the she said they're killing Kennedys after the Bobby assassination, and yeah. if they're doing that, and knowing that Aristotle Onassis had an army of some seventy five protectors, she felt like that might be helpful to her. Yes, you know, and and what's interesting. What, what I didn't know until I wrote this book was that one of the reasons why Lee did not fight it, you know, because Lee was still in love with Onassis. And one of the reasons, and maybe the, the primary reason that she allowed Jackie's marriage to go forward was because she realized that if something were to happen to Jackie or to her children, this would have been John and Caroline, Lee, Lee's niece and nephew, if something terrible had happened to them because she had not allowed Onassis to protect them, then how would Lee ever live with herself? And, you know, so it was a very selfless act to allow Jackie to move forward with Onassis when Lee had such strong attachment to Onassis. Mm-hmm. And it was a kind of sisterly, selfless act that Lee's never been given credit for because no one ever knew about it other than those in the in, in the family who were aware and I wanted to you know kind of give Lee the recognition for making this selfless choice in her life uh, because it changed everything for Lee because if Lee had not if Lee had married Onassis her entire life would have been different mm-hmm. she would never have had any money problems again for her entire life number one and Lee always had money problems, you know, so that, that and, and it would have just changed everything for her. I mean, it just, uh, who knows what her life would have been like had she become Mrs. Onassis instead of her sister. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these kinds of life-defining moments are really what makes this story so interesting to me, because these decisions, once made, change the course of everybody's life. Yeah, and, and I don't want to uh, steamroll over the, the beauty of how you describe the relationship of, of uh, Janet and Jackie and Lee. Uh, not only did they have these mother-daughter tea times, but they were there for each other a lot. There was obviously a lot of sibling rivalry, but despite that, uh, Lee and Jackie had times when they just went off into a corner somewhere to talk with each other. Uh, they Lee looked after Jackie in the hospital, so did her mom. Her mom was there for her in the White House when needed through all of this, uh, uh, they, they just took really good care of each other. 
Well, I love that you mentioned that because that's what I love about this story is the humanity of, you know, mothers and daughters and sisters with each other is always, you know, something that I think we can all relate to. We all, many of us have siblings, you know, most of us have parents, <laughs> and we have, you know, to go through the thick and thin with them, and just because you have the thin, you know, doesn't mean that it's not thick sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like, the, you know, and Jackie and Lee and Janet have these moments that make their story resonate, I think, with, with people, and that you can relate to a troubled relationship with a sibling, but that doesn't mean that you don't love that sibling, and that doesn't mean that you haven't had a whole history of good times, because Jackie and Lee, you know, they had children who were best friends. John was best friends with Lee's son, uh, Anthony, and, you know, there were birthday parties and graduations and family reunions, and, you know, this stuff is... We're talking, you know, almost a hundred years of history. You know, so from the time that Janet is is born until the time that Janet dies is, you know, a good, you know, eighty-two years. And so, during the course of all that, there there is a lot of sort of fiber that I think needs to be unpacked, and and much of it is good. Much of it is good. Yeah, and and don't want to forget what you noted about the half-brother and sister that that, uh, formed really strong relationships with Jackie in particular in the the book, and uh, were there for her and she for them. Uh, They they had a a close relationship, even though they were half-brother and sister to her. Well, who knew? Who knew Jackie had a half brother and sister? Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah, I'd never. I heard mean, that it's before. like <laughs> I know it's astonishing to me that this is a woman who is probably one of the most reported women in, in our, of our time, who has been written about in, in so many books, and there's been so much data about Jackie Kennedy Onassis, and never has her half brother Jamie Auchincloss ever been interviewed pr- prior to this book. Huh. And that, to me, is astonishing because he is her half brother. They both have the same mother. I mean, without without him, I'm not really even sure how we would have been able to do this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, without Janet's only son, Jackie's only half brother, he's the only surviving brother-in-law, of President Kennedy. You know, wow. and he's a you know he's a he's a, a font of information, obviously. And Janet Jr., Jackie's half sister, died at uh, the age of 39 of cancer. And people really didn't know anything about her prior to this book, and I, I'm really happy to be able to bring these uh, these two people to life for my readers because they're both fascinating. And I think that what I wanted to do with this big, with this book in particular is in the photo sections of this book. I wanted to make sure that they're in all the pictures, yeah, you know, yeah. and because you know we've seen pictures of Jackie with people surrounding her that we really didn't know who they were. It turns out that this is who they were. You know, they were the Bouviers, they were Auchincloss's, they were family members. Jamie was the ring bearer at her wedding to JFK. Janet was the flower girl. Both of them are in all of the pictures. We just never knew who they were. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you had mentioned that uh, Jackie didn't have to worry about money anymore after Aristotle, but something I wasn't aware of was that she had a, a, a Jackie had a, tempestuous and intense affair with the architect, uh, Jack, Jack Warnicky. I, I wasn't aware that that ever happened. I wasn't either, you know. I mean, I, I interviewed Jack Warnicky um, and also his family members, his daughter, his son, 
people, you know, relatives and people who worked for him, who were able to really give me a, a full story of their relationship, uh, the relationship between Jackie and Jack Warnicke, which lasted for three years. Mm-hmm. And I'm astonished by this as well, because, you know, this is my third book about the Kennedys, and I learned so much with this book, you know, that it, it made me wonder what else is out there, you know, that even I don't know about, because I, as a Kennedy historian, kept running into major stories that I did not know anything about. And Jack Warnicke and his relationship with Jackie is one of them. It was a very interesting and intense relationship. And um, I, I just loved writing about it. I, I loved knowing Jack Warnicke. Um, and I think my readers will really enjoy that story a lot. Yeah, and I have to feel for him because he was trying to entertain Jackie in a style in which he thought she was accustomed, and it, yeah. it cost him. Uh, he he got to a point where he was upside down, and um, it is very clear that Jackie knew how to spend money, okay, on clothes and jewelry yeah. in particular. She was and always this poor guy, Yeah, and this poor guy was doing everything he could to keep up. Mm-hmm. And to give her the lifestyle that he knew that she that she was accustomed to, but he really could not afford it. In Jackie's defense, she didn't know. It's not like she knew. You know, she thought Jack Warnicke was very wealthy. Yes. Because he, he comported himself in that way and portrayed himself as being very wealthy. And actually what he was doing was he was, you know, spending company Christmas bonuses on her and doing anything he could and then eventually he did confess to her look you know i got to tell you you know this is more than i can handle uh i'm uh, i'm about a million dollars in debt right now and i think you should know it and that was pretty much the end of their relationship mm-hmm. um you know when jackie realized that she was choosing between a man who was a million dollars in debt and aristotle onassis the, the, the choice was was clear and as much as she liked jack warnicky and she really did love him, I believe. You know, when she had to make the choice between Jack Warnicke and Onassis, she chose Onassis. But, as I wrote in the book, she was never quite sure she made the right choice. You know, and, and Jack Warnicke is a character in the book who goes all the way to the very end of the book. I won't tell how it ends, but Warnicke is at the end of the book. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that relationship did not just end on the day that Jackie chose Onassis. They... The, not romantically, but they continued on as people in each other's lives until the very end of Jackie's life. Yeah, and, and you described uh, how they were just passionate for each other at some point, and that, that was an interesting aside because I, my perception of the Bouviers, Janet, Jackie, and Lee, is that they weren't demonstrative, that they were very uh, stoic. And that makes it all the more interesting. And she was that way with JFK, but apparently not with Jack. But that stoic quality, that lack of full expression of emotion, really comes to a head when we look at the short-lived acting career of Lee Radziwill, which I thought was a very interesting part of the story, too. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> she she gave it her best. You know, but her, but her brother Jamie, I think, put it really so well. When he said that, you know, we were a family that was taught to not express emotions. And so when it was caught, when Lee was called upon to then express emotion that wasn't even really hers, but was acting, um, she wasn't able to figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And she just, you know, she was just out of her element, but it was, 
What I love about Lee as an actress is that she threw herself into it as she did everything that she ever took on, whether it was design, interior decorating, being a documentarian, television talk show host, you know, uh, or an actress, or she did television, she did stage. She did it all, and, and she was never the kind of woman who just did, did it a little bit. You know, she, she put everything into it. The challenge for Lee was that when she was not immediately successful at something, she moved on to something else. And a lot of people felt that if she had just spent a little bit more time on one given profession, she might have been able to be a success at that one thing. Mm-hmm. And, and instead, she just continued to move on. Now, Lee has said that she sees nothing wrong with that, you know, that she's had a very full life, a whole wealth of experiences. She's done so much more than arguably Jackie ever did. And she's perfectly fine with her life history. She doesn't think that she, you know, she, people say she's a jack of all trades and a master of none. She feels that she was a master of all of them. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I give her a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I think, I think part of what, uh, my sense of part of what caused her to keep moving on instead of uh, staying with something is that she was very sensitive to criticism and she probably acquired that from the early days when Janet was trying to make her understand how to live a proper life but criticism really hurt her a lot she couldn't handle it and acting is not a profession you go into if you can't handle criticism it's true isn't it yeah. and, you know and, and Lee says in the book you know that you, you can hear all the accolades from all kinds of people but if you've never heard it from your own mom then it really doesn't sink in you know that she she always felt that she was in Jackie's shadow and part of the reason for that was because when Jackie and Lee were very little girls Janet would tell them that you know you two are all that you have you are sisters you must be there for each other and I do not approve of competition between you and then after she would give them that little talk she would take Jackie off and go shopping with her and leave poor little Lee behind Mm -hmm. and you know this created in this young girl Lee's mind the idea that she was in competition with her sister and Jackie was never in competition with Lee it was always one-sided but it was fostered inadvertently by their mom Unfortunately, we have to leave it there. That's all the time we have. This is a rich biography full of interesting and sensitive stories that you may not have known about the Bouvier sisters, Janet, their mom, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, and Lee Radziwill. It's by Randy Tara Borelli. I hope I say it for me. Say your last name for me. It's Tara Borelli. Okay. And the book, Jackie, Janet, and Lee, is a great read. I remind our listeners, if you don't hear our regularly scheduled broadcast, you can catch us on YouTube at Good Books Radio, Strong and Cook. I'm your host, Dr. John Cook. Thanks for listening. 